We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And our guy to talk about the Bulls is Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. What's going on, Ricky? How are you, man? I know this. I actually want to pick it up with you at the trade deadline because you seem to be texting angry about the lack of activity that the Bulls had gone through. How how angry were you that the Bears didn't or the Bears the Bulls did nothing at the trade deadline and what should they have done? Yeah, it's totally inexcusable. I think that it was definitely a seller's market and the Bulls were in a position to be one of the sellers if they wanted to try to pivot uh, into a new direction with this team. That doesn't necessarily mean blow the whole thing up, but I think if nothing else, you know, the Bulls after almost two seasons now should probably be, realize a team built around DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic just isn't a very good team. For the last year since Lonzo Ball's been out of the lineup, this team's like 10 games under 500. I just looked up the numbers on the three-man pairing between DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic for the last two seasons. Last year, they got outscored by a point and a half per 100 possessions. This year, they're getting outscored by about a point per 100 possessions. So that right there is sort of all the data you need to show that like these three guys don't really work together. The team isn't really a good team when led by this core. Uh, so I thought it was totally inexcusable for the Bulls to do nothing during a deadline day when Almost every team in the league, besides for the Bulls and the Cavaliers, uh, tried to make a move to either improve their future or their present. The Bulls uh, decided, now nah, we're good. Our team is, is pretty mediocre and even worse than that, I'd say, and uh, still decided to sit on their hands. So a really bad deadline deal for the deadline day for the second year in a row for the Bulls. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to find reasons for optimism for this team right now. You know, Ricky, watching the introductions to the game last night, it's hard not to see the big smile on the face of Lowry Marketing. If so, let me ask you one: Did the Bulls give up on him too quickly? If he was still here, would the Bulls be a different team, or did he just uh, never, never be able? Was it was he never able to infiltrate the core of the Bulls? So I think it's two things. First of all, like players are typically better when they're 25 than they are when they're 19 and 20. And the Bulls had Markman for the very start of his career when he was, you know, 19, 20 years old coming into the league. It makes sense that he's better now just because that's typically the way the age curve works for professional athletes. Uh, but at the same time, the Bulls also did very little to put Larry Markman in a position to succeed. Uh, having Jim Boylan control his development was just a horrible misstep by the Bulls. I think with both Markinen and Wendell Carter, who have enjoyed a lot more success outside of Chicago since the Bulls traded him, uh, it's just more proof that the Bulls didn't really do anything to set those guys up for success. Now, I'm still really surprised that Markinen has had this type of year. 
Uh, on the Bulls, he had a really good rookie season, and then after that, he just never really got much better. I think the big thing that's changed in his statistical profile this year is he's just shooting the ball much better from three-point range. On the Bulls, he was typically a 35 36% three-point shooter. That's around league average. Now he's at about 41 42%, which is more in line with where his reputation as a shooter was coming out of college. So I think you've got to credit Markinen for you know working on his game, continuing to improve his skill set. Uh, and then also, like, Bulls, what are you doing? They just have proven for decades at this point they really can't develop anyone. Uh, their last truly positive developmental story was Jimmy Butler, and I think you got to give Jimmy and his work ethic credit for that more than anything the Bulls provided infrastructure-wise. So uh, it's it's been tough to see Markinen have such a great season for the Jazz, but – uh, you know, you got to credit him for putting in the work too. Yeah, and it would be, and I know we talk about this all the time, but you're bringing up the word development, and it sure would be nice to see some consistent development or encouraging progress out of somebody like Patrick Williams. Because, and and I don't maybe maybe it's just not happening with him. Maybe we all look at it because he was he was drafted what fourth in what was a a bad confusing draft that year where you know the names weren't very shiny and you could afford to draft somebody like Patrick Williams in that spot but it just man and I and I know he's so young and he's only been around a while and maybe his production has been dented as well just looks like a guy who doesn't quite have it in terms of like you know we talked about it factor earlier just doesn't have that thing to be a guy who's going to give you a you know a double double over forty minutes a game, it's just, it doesn't seem like that's him unless something greatly um, you know out of left field presents itself. Yeah, it's been tough because coming into the season, the one thing I really wanted to see was Pat just in the lineup. Uh, obviously, last year he got hurt in the fifth game of the season, uh, didn't come back till the tail end of the regular season in the playoffs. So I just wanted to see Pat stay healthy and be in the lineup. And he's done that. He's played every game for the Bulls this season. That's great. I think he has shown some development defensively. There's a stat I like called EPM, kind of an all-in-one stat, and it measures players uh, on both ends of the floor. Defensively, Pat's in the 85th percentile league-wide this year. I think we can now say he's like a safely above-average defensive player, and that's pretty good, at least for someone who's still only 21 years old. I think he has taken a step on that end of the floor. Take it, But yeah. offensively, he's in the 28th percentile. He's averaging 10 points a game. And it's frustrating because he just has so much more talent than the production he's putting up. Uh, you know, he's shooting 40% from three this year. Well, he, his shot is so slow off spot-ups that he's not really able to generate them with enough volume where it really becomes an asset for him. Uh, he's shown some flashes as a roller in the pick and roll being able to catch the ball dunk it coming off two feet I think he's good in those instances but you know the Bulls don't really have a lot of positive passers who can get him the ball in advantageous situations we know he likes to get into his mid-range game a little bit I think that's good for him but listen the Bulls already take more mid-range shots than any team in the league they need someone who's a volume three-point shooter in that role next to Vooch Zach and DeRozan so I think it's a combination of just like the roster sort of being a bad fit for him like what the Bulls need out of that spot isn't really his strong suit as a player and you know it's just a shame because Pat has had some opportunities here where DeRozan's been out of the lineup Zach's been out of the lineup where you would think he could take on more of an offensive burden and we just haven't seen that he's such a low usage player offensively 
and you know someone with his talent should be able to get 15 points a game. Instead, it feels like he's done that only a handful of times this year. So what, what is, I, I, production still disappointing. It's amazing, man. You've used the word and and appropriately a couple times now, and that is fit. And that like you met, you outlined the three stars and their lack of production together that there's that it doesn't fit and Patrick Williams it just hasn't found his fit yet and it just it start it makes me angry that they're that they get these players and that they're plopped onto the team and whether it's Billy Donovan or Jim Boylan or whomever it is they're they're not developing these players into what we we think they are because these are good players that as you said don't fit together what will fit together for the Bulls yeah, well, there's a lot of reasons for it. First of all, they just don't have a point guard to set the table. I think, you know, Lonzo fixed a lot of the problems on this team. But still, like, if your fourth best player in a vacuum is causing the team to lose 20 more games than it should on a season, like, that's kind of a structural problem with the team to begin with. But there's no doubt this team could greatly benefit from better point guard play. They haven't had that this year, unfortunately. Io DeSumo hasn't really taken the step we've hoped he would in his second season. He still seems like a should be a pretty good bench player, have a long career, but as a starter, Io's not doing too much for you. Then the other thing that just jumps off, you know, the television when you watch them, the Bulls just can't shoot. They're dead last, 30 out of 30 in three-point makes. They're dead last, 30 out of 30 in three-point attempts. The Bulls pass out of so many open looks that they don't take because their guys are not confident enough as shooters, which really means they're not good enough as shooters. And that's Pat and Io mostly. It's also Derek Jones. It's Vooch who turns down a bunch. Uh, really, Kobe White and Zach are the only sort of plus shooters on the team. And you can't compete like that in today's NBA. I mean, the Bulls are getting outscored from the three-point line by 20 points almost every single game. Uh, even when they do score well in the half court, when DeRozan's able to get into his mid-range bag, and Vooch, who's had a pretty good season offensively all year when he's been putting up numbers, they're still fighting a math problem at the end of the day because these other teams are just hitting so many more threes that the Bulls can even generate. It puts them at such a disadvantage. So it's a team that was built by Arturis Karnaschovas, sort of fading shooting. I think maybe his philosophy is that shooting is a bit over-indexed by teams around the league. So if you draft players who are complete in other areas, maybe teach them how to shoot, that that could be a good way to you know find a market inefficiency. Problem, though, is that the Bulls don't have a shooting coach. They haven't really invested enough uh, in just the development of their own players. That's been a running theme for this franchise for years. They're not just cheap because they don't pay the luxury tax. They're cheap in all these other sort of hidden ways, too. And not investing in a shooting coach would be one reason why. Uh, and it's like they're playing in a shoebox, too. When you got DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine, I think opposing defenses can really just key in on those three guys, sort of ignore the other players on the floor. Uh, and it's just made everything so much more difficult than it should be. You look at the Bulls right now, if I told you they'd have a top 10 defense, which they do right now, they're number nine defensively in the league at the all-star break. You'd probably be thinking they're in good shape without Lonzo if they could generate a top 10 defense still. But the offense has been horrible. Number 24 in the league, uh, you know, it's the lack of shooting. It's the lack of fit between their three best players and uh, it's just it's tough to have any hope for the Bulls right now. Hey, Ricky, I don't know if you were watching the introductions of each team, and then they came across DeMar DeRozan, and they introduced him as the master of the mid-range, and he kind of looked back at the announcer and rolled his eyes. If if that, it's just a clever line to do the introduction. If if he's not excited about that introduction, what does he want to be? I did see that, actually. I thought that was funny. Uh, I'm not sure why DeMar really rolled his eyes at that. Certainly, he's 
takes more mid-range shots than any player in right. the league. It's him and Kevin Durant, really, and he's one of the most efficient mid-range scorers in the league. It's, be, it's so like being DeMar- told you're one of the greatest singles hitter in baseball or something. <laughs> that is not is not flattering, you know. Yeah, that's Demar's game, though, and you know Demar's had a really good year. He was a great signing for the Bulls. He's on a very team-friendly contract. When people thought that that was like uh, the opposite of that, when the Bulls signed him, they thought that was a horrible contract for the team. Instead, Demar has way outplayed his contract. I think it's tough to fit DeMar into winning formulas, though, because he can't play off the ball offensively. He doesn't generate any value spacing the floor or hitting shots when he doesn't have the ball. And then defensively, he's still pretty bad. So, uh, you know, DeMar's had a good year for the Bulls, but, man, this would have been the time to trade DeMar. His value is absolutely at its highest. You would have had him under contract, or the team that got him would have had him under contract on a reasonable value for next season too. And I keep coming back to the trade between the Nets and the Mavs for Kyrie Irving. I wonder if the Bulls could have got that package that Mavs gave up for Kyrie. That would be Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and a draft pick. That would have been a nice trade for the Bulls if they didn't want to totally blow it up and they just wanted to pivot. You would have got a point guard out of that to fix the Bulls' facilitating issue. In Spencer Dinwiddie, who's had a good year, the Bulls have no wing depth. Dorian Finney-Smith would have been really good there. would have been uh, just like a solid wing you could have played at the three or the four going forward who plays both ends of the floor. And it would have fixed their shooting, getting two shooters for one non-shooter for DeRozan and a pick. Now, I don't know if the Mavs would have given that up for DeMar, but DeMar does have another year of team control that Kyrie doesn't have. He'll be a free agent after the season. And Kyrie obviously is just, let's say, a lot more volatile personality-wise than DeMar is. So just the Bulls could have done something. Like that, like anything else, and they just chose to do nothing for a team that is so uninspiring throughout the whole year. It's totally inexcusable, uh, and you know the Bulls deserve to be roasted for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have opportunities. We saw all the movement that was going on in the NBA, and the Bulls were what one of two teams that sat still and didn't do a thing. And you know they could they could talk about all they want about the offers that might have been made and all the talking that was going on. But the bottom line is they did nothing. Last thing for you, Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. <laughs> but now that we've passed this scenario, what do you think they should or will do in the offseason? Will one of those three guys be gone, the Bulls' big three? And I'm including Vucevic in there with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. So the only thing that's going to save the Bulls is lottery luck. And that is sort of a common theme throughout the league. You look at the teams that are really sort of overperforming or have made a quick jump up the standings. The Grizzlies jumped way up in the lottery to get John Morant. The Pelicans jumped way up in the lottery to get Zion Williamson. Uh, You know, where would the Timberwolves be right now without Anthony Edwards? So you do need some lottery luck, and the Bulls need it. Right now Mm -hmm. they're the seventh worst team in the league. They'd have a 32% chance to keep the pick. And really, like, getting three or four would be good for the Bulls for sure but it wouldn't save the franchise. They need one of the first two picks to get Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson. Otherwise, this thing is looking really, really hopeless. Uh, I'm a bit of a doomer when it comes to the Bulls. I don't really see a lot of realistic ways they can save this current iteration of the team without lottery luck. And if they don't get it, I mean, Arturis Karnaschova said they want to re-sign Vooch. Vooch has had a good year. I think that they're somewhat buying into the sunk cost fallacy, though, with that given that they gave up so much to get Vooch. Now you don't want to lose him for nothing two years later. But, you know, is another Vooch contract, is he really going to live up to that? Should the team have more of a rim protector at center if they're going to be led by DeRozan and Levine? I think so. Vooch can't 
run or jump. So it's sort of hard for him to block. <laughs> well, that. and he got he got schooled by Brooke Lopez the other night too. I mean, that's another that's issue. Brutal. Yeah, yeah, that was brutal. Uh, and so, in general, what I think the Bulls are going to do, unfortunately, is try to keep this core together and try to salvage it. Maybe sign a point guard. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but they have that 2027 first round pick to trade if they want to do that. Arturis Karnaschovas has shown he's very willing to trade his future draft picks. So my prediction would be that the Bulls sign Russell Westbrook, that they trade their 2027 first round pick for a forward, and that they maybe win 39 or 40 games next year. Uh, what they should do is trade either Zach or DeMar and try to find a rim-protecting center in place of Vooch, try to empower Patrick Williams offensively, give him a little bit more of a creation load for him to try to score a little bit more, uh, and you know, focus more on the future than the present. Because this iteration of the team, I believe there is no saving. There's not a quick fix that's going to get this team you know, back winning one or two series in the East, let alone win a championship. And what's probably best for the Bulls is to take their medicine to realize that uh, this iteration of the team isn't good enough and to move on. But I sort of doubt they're going to do that. The Bulls just want to make the playoffs, even if it's the seven or the eighth seed in the East. And uh, I think that they're going to keep it together. But we'll see. All right, Ricky, thank you for your time. As always, man, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother? Thanks. Yeah, it is uh, Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. He does it all, man. He's a writer, editor, associate, director of – programming so good to catch up nothing good there from but but as as ricky said he, he does tend to be a bit of a bull cynic which is why i like having him on so t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.